Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey, how's it going? It's going very well. So... We say that Spirit Sherpa is the beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. Yes. We've talked in the episodes, we've done a lot about magic, a lot about spirit world, and we've talked some about energy as well, but you've mentioned a couple of times um, how we let things into our energy field and things like that. What is our sort of personal energy field? So an energy field is the entirety of your energy that you're using to be on the planet. And so it includes your chakra system, it includes your aura, it includes everything that you use to run your energy field, the channel that runs through you, the whole nine yards, right? Okay. Your energy field is really everything that makes you up energetically including yeah. what is on the outside of you yeah what is an aura i i i once asked one of my students same student by the way who said he wanted to learn how to cast magic missile uh, <laughs> <laughs> this joker that one i said does anybody know what an aura is and he went "Ooh, ooh i know i know and i said what he said it's spiritual bo <laughs> 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 that is actually the best, <laughs> the best definition I've ever heard of an aura. Because <laughs> awesome. it's, it's totally true. It's totally true, right? It's 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 whatever outgasses of our our personal energy, and it's the container around us that we hold, and it's literally like the energetic clothing that we wear. If you're psychic and you look at people, you can see their auras, and it is not an invasion to 
read someone's aura because they've got it on display. Right. Whereas if you were to go in and enter their field more significantly, then that is more like stealing somebody's diary and reading it. Right. Right. That's 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 ethically not good. Mm -hmm. Right. Another way to think of the energy field is as your energetic container. Okay. Okay. We've been talking about that off and on for the whole podcast. So your energetic container is the surrounding structure of everything in your energy field. So the container is sort of the outer limits and everything within there is your energy field. Yeah. Okay. So it's your outer boundary. It's your it's your boundary between you and others. So now we're talking about people and their energy fields. Does everything have an energy field or is it does it have to be living to have an energy field? No, everything has an energy field. Really? Yeah. How does that relate to what we can do energetically and, and magically with regards to things that are not living? Does that mean we can affect change there because they have an energy field and we can tap into that? Theoretically, yeah. Everything has an energy field, mm -hmm. right? So in animism, we would assume that everything has an animus, which is consciousness or a, a beingness. And not that I'm an animist per se, but even if you look at it just simply from a physics perspective, we know that everything is made up of atoms mm -hmm. and atoms have positive and negative charges and movement. And there's there's an energetic yep. to that specifically defined by the atoms themselves, right? right? And the configuration in which those atoms are laid out. And so that energetic exists just from a physics perspective. And then when you step into metaphysics, now it's that has that lamp has the energy of a lamp. It has the qualities of a lamp. It provides illumination, mm -hmm. right? And so when you start to look at it from that perspective, there is uh, not only an energetic, but a metaphor to it as well, because it has a symbology, mm -hmm. right? And that symbology impacts the archetypal construct of the world in which we exist. And if you were to look into Jungian psychology, you would see that archetype is sort of the foundation of everything, right? <laughs> and in ritual, when we work in ritual practice, we work with archetype because it is, in fact, the foundation of how we see everything is is through archetypal lenses. And so I know I've just gone way far afield. However, it's all relevant to come back to this conversation right. about energy and energetics and, and containers and fields and whatnot, because everything is connected. So we're sitting in my living room right now, right? Now, in my living room, there is the lamp that I referenced and the curtains that I referenced and the pictures on the walls and the, the, the couches that we're sitting on and everything else, right? Within the, the living room is the morphic field of all the things that exist in my living room. So if I picked up all the elements that were in this room and I arranged them in another room, some of the energy of having been here would transfer there. Not all of it, because it wouldn't be arranged in exactly the same way. And the construct of it, which we'll find out more about when we talk about altars, right. uh, but the construct of it makes a difference as to how the energy sits. But because the elements are together in a new configuration, which is going to happen when I move to Virginia, <laughs> then some of the energy will translate as well. 
So there's a morphic field of any grouping of things. And then there is the energy of the thing itself. And that's true of people as well. You get a morphic field of a group of people. You know how they talk about mob mentality, yeah. right? That's when something impacts the, the energy field of the combined group. And a single thought runs amok through there. And because they're engaged in the group mind, they get impacted by that. And that's where mob mentality comes from. Our energy field is ours and it combines with that that is around us. Because right now you and I are part of the morphic field of the room. And, and I was right. just going to ask about the morphic field, specifically of this room, which I think is a great example. You know, the way that things are arranged here, they're individual energy fields combined together to create the energy of the room itself. But you do a lot of work in this room. Yes. With a lot of different energetics. So this room has an energetic all its own, which yeah. creates a very powerful space just being. Yeah. Well, I've spent eight years doing magic and classes and energy work and, you know, in this room. Yeah. And I've done a huge amount of protections on this space. And there are ener there are elements in this space. I have, if you notice the copper balls yep. around the room, they're holding the container for the room. So there, there are physical elements that are in the room that do that, as well as the, the wards on the house, mm -hmm. the protections on the house. Uh, I did a sound healing, actually, a couple of days ago. And somebody who was new to the class said, yeah, you know, the tree in front of your house is so bright and shiny. And I wanted to take a leaf, but I realized when I went to reach for it that I should ask permission. And I didn't know why, because I usually just take the leaves that I want. And and I, I really realized that I needed to do that. I said, well, yeah, because I had to take down my personal wards off of the house because I'm leaving. Right. And so I was pulling the energy out of my wards. And so my wards were failing and I had to have Mother Earth build up a protection for me around the house and it is actually anchored in the tree in the front yard <laughs> and she so she picked up on that and she said yeah she said i went to, to start walking up the stairs and i realized that there was like this barrier that i was walking through and i was wondering what that was about and i was like yeah you you picked up on the wards you're the only person who's ever said anything like that <laughs> and uh and then she came through the front door and i was like what what'd you notice at the front door and i i was greeting her at the door so i was distracting her she was like i didn't really pick up on much there i said well i said the front door is actually set up as a sieve to pull off anything that might be riding with you um, in your energy field that i don't want in my house i said there's there's also a holding room on the front porch the where your things can wait for you for when you leave so if you don't want them back you can tell them they have to go and they will be banished they will be forced to either leave or be destroyed on the front porch i said or you know you can walk back out and they'll pick you up on your way back out and you can go go your merry way i just don't want them in my house right okay so that's a kind of crazy point can your energy field get tainted then Oh, whether absolutely. it's Klingons or, or whatever <laughs> Star Trek terms. Yeah. Uh, Klingons in a different form. In a different yes. form. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, your energy field can get tainted in any number of ways. People who do energy work can pick up stuff from other people. If you're an empath, your energy field is constantly being tainted by other people's stuff. Anytime you have something in your field that is stuck or not moving, 
Klingons thing, you know, negative energies or, or even positive energies or any kind of energies that are attached to you and sucking off of you. All of those things are ways in which your energy field can become gooped, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, learning how to clear your energy field is a really good idea because you want to be able to clear it off because you don't always get to walk through a shaman's door and have it naturally happen. <laughs> so performing so. sort of regular energy field maintenance is a, is a good practice. To yeah, do. we actually refer to it as energetic hygiene. Okay. Um, and it that takes the form of not just clearing your own energy field, but clearing your space. Mm-hmm. So smudge is a fantastic way to, to do that. It's sage or sage and sweet grass or sage and cedar or mm-hmm. sage, cedar and sweet glass. You know, you buy smudge S S M U D G E smudge. Just beware. If you buy the regular smudge, it smells like pot. <laughs> it does. It okay. really, really does. It, I, I remember opening my new age store. I ran a store in Taunton called mystical times and, and I had just smudged the store and there was a police officer who walked in shortly thereafter and he's walking around he's looking around and i said i said i bet you think we're smoking pot in here and he said yes ma'am i do (laughs) and i said let me introduce you to smudge (laughs) i i lit it up for him and let him smell it and i said this is what it is i'm not smoking pot and and he he was dubious (laughs) i was like yeah all right you're you're a cop i understand but if you don't want your place to smell like pot, you can use white sage, which is my preference these days. And if you use white sage, it does not smell like pot. <laughs> so, um, but if you're smoking pot and you don't want to get caught, you know, you can always just <laughs> you can do always the, just the light sage. up some sage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say, look, it's the sage, really. Yeah. This and other tips from yeah. the spirit doctor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, practicality. Um, the uh, But the upshot is that that sage has actually been proven to be, uh, I think it was 98.9% antibacterial, antiviral, antimicrobial. Wow. And it is the smoke from sage is physically cleansing as well as spiritually cleansing. And so it's a great way to clear your own field, to clear your environment around you, to make sure that you are exercising good energetic hygiene. So when we talk about smudging, I think it's easy for beginners to get confused. What is the actual act of smudging? What does it mean and how do we do it? Okay. You light the sage and you carry it around in a fire safe container, right? (laughs) You always pay attention to the fire safety, right? Mm -hmm. We do not want to light our houses on fire or ourselves, God forbid. I can't tell you how many gauzy dresses I've I've been like... (gasps) When they get close to flames, I'm like, oh, my God. The act is to light the smudge stick and then blow it out. And then the smoke is what provides the the clearing. Right. And so So you don't yourself, hold an actual flame like a torch. No. You're, it's, it's you light it up just to get it lit enough to almost smolder and exactly. smoke. Exactly. That's the idea. So you should have embers that mm-hmm. are producing smoke. And it's the smoke that is the clearing. And so you walk around with it in a fire safe container because as you blow on it, you're going to, it's going to, uh, those embers are going to fly and and they can fly and you can have them land on things and catch fire. So you want to be careful. Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes people will do this with a feather fan or some other type of fan that Mm -hmm. will allow you to blow the smoke into different corners of the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, you want to get it into the fabrics in the room. You want to get it into all the corners of the room. You want to get it into the carpet. You want to get it into any anything that might hold energy, right? Okay. 
And then you also want to smudge yourself. So you'll sit with the smudge pot in front of you and you'll pull the, the air up and over your head. And then you'll... So almost bathing in the sage Exactly. Smoke. That's the idea is to bathe in the, the smoke. Ideally, you'd, you'd have two people and you'd smudge each other so mm-hmm. you can get your front and your back and don't forget to get under your feet <laughs> and over your head. Yeah. Because those are the places nobody thinks to clear. But your feet carry with you every place you've ever been. Right. So clearing your feet regularly is a really good idea. So when we smudge... We would use the smoke to clear. Are there any other ways to clear? Oh, there's all sorts of ways. If you search the internet, there's countless ways to (laughs) clear your energy field. My favorite one is to imagine a sieve at my feet. And so if you think about the uh, the splatter guards that you put on a, uh, frying, a pan. frying pan and you just make it wide enough that it is encompassing not just your body, but also your aura. Mm-hmm. So it has to be wide enough to encompass your whole aura. And so you put it down below your feet because your aura goes under your feet, even though if there's floor there, your aura extends below it. And and this is a visualization, right? Yep. So you're visualizing it under your feet. And then you just, the, the screen is made up of your energy. Mm-hmm. And you just pull it up through your body, all the way up through and out the top of your head. And you have a couple of options. You can either imagine that anything that it hits that is not needed or not supposed to be there just fries when it hits the screen like a bug zapper mm-hmm. or you can fling it up and out of you at the top if you uh if you do want to do it that way i prefer to do it at the top because in my head bug zappers leave behind ashes and now i've got ashes on the screen and it mm-hmm. can sift through and my the mental construct doesn't work for me right <laughs> but, but if it works for you to think that it just vaporizes then great um do whatever works for you again it's all about the intention intention yeah and i was going to ask that because when you give when we think of options like that in very specifically the difference between um a simple sieve screen versus a an electrically charged zapper those are different mental constructs Mm -hmm. but have the same results and it's all about the the intention of the individual Exactly. I know for me and we, we, you know, in working with you and doing uh, classes with you, I've I've had to cleanse my own energy field. And, and for me, what I tend to visualize is because I'm a, I'm a sci fi geek, I visualize something that rotates around me, sort of doing a, a body scan with um, the bug zapper mentality of sort of take, vaporizing any inconsistencies or irregularities, if you will, in my energy field to cleanse it. And it's funny how everybody seems to have their own little nuance, whether it's what the sieve looks like or how it acts or behaves. And it goes back to what you said all along. It's about intention, not just the thing itself, not the magic words, not that sort of stuff. Yeah, there is no abracadabra, right? right? (laughs) And I'll give you one more that was given to me by a shaman that I know. And that is if you get a jelly roll pan, which is the cookie sheets with the lips so that it keeps things in, right? You put aluminum foil down, shiny side up Mm -hmm. with salt across the surface, preferably a fine sea salt if you can get it, but any salt will do. You definitely want fine because you're going to stand on it barefoot and it's going to hurt if it's a rough coarse salt. Rocky salt. (laughs) So you want a fine salt and you spread it across the surface. You can stand on it barefoot and that 
produces an ionization concept. I don't know. He was unclear with me. His shaman was unclear with him. He just said it works. Just do it. It's like, okay, fine. And uh, that'll clear your energy field as well. So are there sound options for clearing as well as absolutely? Yeah. I mean, uh, I tone to clear people's energy fields all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do uh, sounding, you can do bells, you can do chimes, you know, again, it's intent. Mm hmm. Right. Uh, rattles are often used as well. So do you have any questions that you've received that might be interesting for folks for the Ask Kelly section of the show this time? Yeah, I got a question because I, I run classes on this periodically. And somebody asked if you really needed to have a visualization to clear or if just the intention would be sufficient. And, you know, that's a tough one because the, you know, the basic answer is intention is sufficient for anything. However... Um, when we're looking at our own fields, we're blinded by what's there unless we go specifically looking for it. And, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't visualize well, you don't have to do this visually. You can do it with a, a feeling, you know, you can feel it. So my, my sieving process that I do is actually half, you know, I, I actually feel the sieve going through me. I'm not looking at it. So like your, your, uh, body scanner, your body scanner with the zapper thing, you know, um, that wouldn't work for me because I'm not actually visualizing. I, I visualize the thing for five seconds and the, the, the sieve, and then I'm feeling it and I actually feel it gets stuck in the mm-hmm. places where it doesn't want to move. And then, you know, I have to shake things loose and whatever, but I'm, I'm much more kinesthetic mm-hmm. than visual. And so I feel things. And so, you know, you can do it with audio soundings like a bat, you know, just to use the, the echolocation and send yeah. sound through you. But in terms of intending to clear your field, ultimately what we're doing is intending to clear our field. We're just giving ourselves a mental construct to wrap around that idea. Can you do it? Yes, you could. And my experience is that it's easier to do it with a construct. It sounds like then what what we're talking about is wrapping intention in with focus. Because you had talked about the importance of focus before and the visualization, the smoke, it becomes our focus of trying to, as you just said, dig in to you're not going to see it unless you go looking for it. And if you simply intend to clear your field, that's fine. But you're not actually then doing a a scan, a focus scan of yourself to see where that sieve is getting stuck or where um, the echolocation sort of pinpoints. And that's sort of combining those two things together to get the result you're ultimately looking for. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk to people about in magic practice and, and spiritual practice is using neurolinguistic programming at, to anchor things in your body. And if you were to do an energy scan and to clear your energy field, Every single day, mm-hmm. a couple times a day. In a year, maybe two, you would get to the point where you could just say, I'm clearing my field. And it would just automatically do it because it's anchored in your body because you've done it the same way every time for a long period of time. And then you can just say clear and it'll just clear. Right. And that'll happen. But you have to put in the time to do that. And so, yes, you can do it, but you need to develop the anchor to right. do it. And, it. and it takes that intention and focus and creates sort of a 
shortcut key, if yeah, you will, exactly. um, to, to trigger, it's a macro to trigger them to, to run. Exactly. Yeah, it's, a, it's a magic macro. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I think you just coined a new term. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. So what are some things that you have available that people could use to help sort of drive this forward more? This isn't going to drive it forward more, but it, I'm going to bring it back to you are going to have a very hard time clearing your energy field as an empath if you have not done the Boundaries for Empaths program because your energy field will not be where you expect it to be and therefore you're not going to be clearing all of it and therefore it's not going to be cleared. And so as you're dealing with your energy field, if you are an empath, and I'm going to say again what an empath is, you feel what other people feel, you get overwhelmed by other people's strong emotions, you may not know what you want in a situation where somebody else wants something strongly, uh, you have a hard time staying uh, or you stay too long in relationships and when you leave, you feel like you've left a piece of yourself behind with the other person and you're inclined to go back and it's very tough for you to, to get over relationships. And you, you may walk into rooms and people say that you're intimidating when you're not really doing anything. These are all symptoms that you're an empath. And so if you're an empath, you really need to do that Boundaries for Empaths program first before you try doing anything else that we talk about with your energy field. And so I'm going to give you that gift again. If you if you didn't do it the first time, here's your second opportunity uh, the Boundaries for Empaths program is usually 30 bucks. I'm going to give it to you for free. Use the the coupon code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, at checkout, and that will get you your Boundaries for Empaths program for free. And listen to that, sit with that, do the exercises, and then you will find that clearing your energy field, protecting yourself, setting shields, all of this stuff gets much easier. Because you start to understand and control your own energy field um, exactly. and what you let in when you actually want to let it in versus it just coming rushing in, which is what happens with that pass. Exactly. Awesome. So again, folks, again, she gives you the gift. Don't let it pass this time. If you missed it the first time, B-E-F-R-E-E -E -E at checkout will get you that um, Boundaries for Empaths course for free. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll include the link to that in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, lots of good content. Lots of good content today. Thank you again, as always. And thank you all for joining us. Be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Tripper. Good night, Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I'll leave behind a little fear. Spirit Tripper is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot -E -E com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since 
you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.